All right, welcome to Arbor Digital Experiences. This is episode six, and I'm here with Joanna DeMott, our new our, uh, project manager, and we are going to talk about what AEM is. Uh, Joanna has just joined Arbor Digital. She's been a project manager for some time, but this is her first AEM project, and uh, and we're going to use this as an opportunity to explain AEM live to somebody who hasn't dealt with AEM before. Uh, Joanne, do you want to give me a quick rundown of, of what your experience is and where you're at coming into this? Sure. Yeah, this is definitely my first technical project. I've done mostly military uh, contracting, family and personal readiness, working really solely around the military and managing more like social services projects. So this is absolutely brand new. I had to look up what AEM meant. I'm still <laughs> confused. I'm so glad we're having this conversation. That's awesome. Well, I've uh, so I've been working in the AM space. Uh, so just to start off here, so this product, this Adobe Experience Manager product, was originally a product by a, a Swiss company called uh, Day. Day was purchased by Adobe in 2000, 2011-ish, 2012-ish. So they they, they started rolling out their first version of it 2013-ish. It was the first time they were trying to brand it. Uh, but so it, and it, it's, um, it's got a long history. And the, the problem is with it is that because of the fact that it, it has targeted mostly big companies, they haven't put a ton of work into um, the same kind of uh, start from the ground floor developer type thing, like, 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 a, like a WordPress or a Drupal or something like that has. So the amount of great just here's exactly what it is and here's exactly how it, how it works and um, here's a diagram of how it works and so forth uh, is not really in existence on AEM so much. So 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 coming in, it, it, it's going to be opaque for most people and you kind of have to like just get into a company and most people learn about AEM by actually trying to work with it for the first time. So, um, so I, I'm going to, I'm going to try my hand here at, at, at explaining this and we're just going to, we're going to, we're going to do this live, uh, and, and we'll, we're, we're going to see where this goes. I mean, just, just as an example. So I, in my trying to understand things and then trying to explain things to people, I like, I'm like, I, I went and tried to find my own like diagrams of how AEM works. I couldn't find them. My previous like life before I was in it, I actually, in college, I uh, went to graphic design school for a while, um, and I thought I was going to be a graphic designer. And then I just it was very difficult to find uh, a job that would, you know, put food on the table doing graphic design. But I was it was easy to do it with networking, so I just ended up falling into that. And every job has been networking, network infrastructure, internet stuff like that. But I still I still want to do design, but I don't think it's my thing. But anyway, I ended up making a bunch of AEM diagrams, and now that's there's like you search AEM diagram, and that's just it's basically all my diagrams out there right now. So anyway, um, but here we go. Let's let's um, I'm gonna start with just the first question here, which is what Adobe Experience Manager is. I'm just kind of go from there. So. Um, so Adobe Experience Manager is at, at its root, it is a, um, a pretty complex system or more, more, more than just being complex, it's robust uh, in terms of 
being a system for managing content, tons and tons of content and whatever that content is and however it needs to be displayed. That is the kind of the core problem of any business is that you, you take something like a blog, a blog is always displayed in basically the same way. You've got articles that have dates and that, that have some pictures that have an author and that's, they're always going to be displayed in much the same way. Whereas uh, a corporate website or any corporate internet entity is going to have their data displayed in a million different ways and for a million different purposes. Sometimes it's authenticated. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's for tons and tons and tons of people. Sometimes it's only for a specific audience of people. Sometimes you, you're, you're only trying to, you've got a very expensive product that you need seen only by a few people, or sometimes you might have a site that, that might get, you know, 30,000 visits an hour, or you've got, uh, you know, you're, you're a, a sports entity and you, you might have huge rushes of, of people that come in and view your things. So, so, but in the end, you've got a whole bunch of content, which consists of articles and text and images. It's authored by lots of different people. And the other core problem is that not everybody is the same. Not every person who might view that content is the same. Whereas you take something like a blog and you've just got a latest site, a latest post, a latest thing that you put up. Whereas if you're somebody like, oh, let's say you're Chevrolet, right? And you have, uh, the, the if you go to chevrolet.com, ideally, uh, if you have purchased a Chevy, uh, or have been browsing about new Chevys or something like that, ideally you would see something different than somebody who's never bought, never browsed, never purchased before. So you have a difference in experience that you need to be able to display to people. Uh, you also have things like languages, location. Uh, uh, th those things also play into what experience should a person get? Uh, what device is that person using? Are they using a mobile device? Are they coming in on a desktop? Uh, is there a difference between if they have a username and password and if they don't? So there's all these different things that could feed into and further com complexify what the, uh, what, what kind of things should a person see and be able to do. And I guess that is why you got this word that Adobe went through a bunch of different iterations of trying to figure out what to call this monster that they, that, that does all these different things. Uh, they were going to call it the, web experience manager or web content manager. And they eventually called it Adobe experience manager. And to all of us were like, well, what does that even mean? An experience manager. Um, but that, but that in an, in the end, that is what it's doing is it, is it is somehow you need to be able to programmatically tell it based on your own requirements as a business, what the person's going to see and then manage all the components and guts and images and, pictures and videos and PDFs and stuff that would go into what that person would then experience. So you're no looking at so a curated kind of client experience to these yes. large company websites, yes. making sure that it's curated with multiple inputs, things that I would never even have thought. Very interesting. Yeah. Thanks Todd. That yeah. was great. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, and, and I gave an example like, like a Chevrolet, right. Where you're trying to, trying to do something that's very, very image rich, right. So something, something like a, like a Chevrolet would, would, would have, um, or you take something else, uh, another one that, that has been, uh, was, you know, a site that I worked on long ago was uh, like food network, 
right? So you got in something like that, you're, you're very, very media rich. You got lots of pictures of, of if somebody doesn't want to just read a recipe, they'd want to be able to see what it looks like. They want to see somebody preparing the thing. And then what is it, you know, or, or a story around food or, or, or a restaurant experience or something like that. Right. So all, all these, there's all these different things that, you know, your cupcake wars or things like that, all these things that go into, um, providing the person what, 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 they're, what they're there for. And, um, but you, you could take something completely. So, so obviously something like that, you'd need, you'd have all these problems that, that, uh, equipment like this would have to solve of how do you store all those videos? How do you make sure that the, there's, um, if the person is Greek and they coming to this thing that, that it's on, on how to prepare nachos, the nacho video is going to be in English. Is there closed captioning in Greek? How do you then go and send that closed captioning out to a translator and have it come back and then stick on to that video? And how does that get then get stored? Wow. So it's really making these websites global. Anybody in the world could access and would absolutely be able to, to experience something that is directly related to what they need. Right. Right. Exactly. So the, um, so with something like that, though, when you've got a, um, uh, a super image heavy site, that's one set of requirements, but let's just say you're something like an insurance company, which is a completely different set of requirements, right? You've got, um, so you're a nationwide insurance company. Insurance is weird in that there's different rules in every state. And, uh, and so what offers a person might be um, able to receive are going to change depending on what state they're in. And then uh, if they're going to sign up, uh, what documents and so forth that they need to need in order to be able to go and, and acquire your service would be different depending on what state that they're in or what country they're in or whatever. Right. So, um, and then, so maintaining all those documents, uh, the PDFs, the disclosures, uh, all, all those sorts of things that, that, that in and of itself is a pretty monster requirement. So, um, so this is where, this is where you kind of get into like, so like if you're going to say uh, like, you know, the, the, the different types of sites, but then, <clears throat> pardon me, but then also the different types of work that you would then need to do in order to set up and maintain an Adobe Experience Manager site. There's not one type of work that you then have to do, because if you take something like insurance, right? One of the things that like, just, just, just diving down the rabbit hole of, of, of things, of, of decomposing that, um, that job of, of, of making an insurance site work on AEM. So let's just say you've got, you're in every state. So in all 50 states, you've got disclosures and agreements and things that you need to be able to sign up for. You've got PDFs that are, that, that have the person's rules of, of, of what happens when you sign up for insurance. So somebody needs to maintain all those documents. So somehow there, then if you're going to maintain all those documents, a lot of times there's regulations around maintaining those documents. Then you're, you're, you're talking about good. So how do you, how do you um, keep track of good? I updated this document. Now it has to go through uh, this, this, and this person before it gets approved and goes live. And now it's marked as having gone live and now it's on the website. So that implies a whole workflow that you have to then first conceive of and then implement programmatically so that, so that when somebody says, oh, oh, there's, there's a new rule that just happened in Mississippi and this document's no longer valid. Somebody needs to update this 
it needs to get approved and get pushed back onto the site. So then there's a workflow. So you can either, either, so Adobe Experience Manager in and of itself has a really robust, in addition to storing everything, it has this huge robust functionality, which has to do with workflows and being able to say, good, when it, when a PDF comes on it now has to go through these six people and they all have to click okay. And if it, they click not okay, then it goes back to here or goes out to Jira or Workfront or one of these other workflow management systems or something like that to then come back to then get approved and pushed on and then it can get served. Maybe when you upload a PDF, it then also has to get crunched so that it's um, web viewable so that the person doesn't download a 75 megabyte PDF whenever they're trying to just, you know, okay their um, their insurance policy or something like that. So figuring out and programming and developing those types of workflows is another type of work that goes into running an Adobe Experience Manager site. That's a lot. That's a lot of stuff for it, a company to manage. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it is. And that is, I think, one of the reasons why, um, well, I mean, it, it's, it's, so this, if you take something like, I mean, again, once again, kind of comparing it to another familiar, like, 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 like a, like a, a blog or, or, or something that's, or, or, you know, Wix or something that's, that's kind of meant to get you up and running really fast. Uh, because if like, say you're, let's say you're a dentist office, right. Um, or, you know, you, you run a, you know, you've got a, a little bookshop or something like that. There's a really kind of constrained number of things that you just kind of really quickly need a website to be able to do. I need an about us page. I'm going to put my picture right here. I'm going to talk about my services and then I've got some, you know, little WooCommerce or whatever, some little site that, that offers my my intro package for, for for whatever it is, and then here's a contact page, and then we're done, right? So so that that sort of thing, you could you 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 could use a piece of commodity software like Wix or WordPress or Drupal or something like that, and just quickly pound something like that together. And even somebody who wasn't a web developer could pretty much do that really quickly. But let's just say there's something like this. Here's another. So we, we talked about insurance. So that's one use case for, for AEM. Take something else. Like let's say you're um, a big shoe company and you've got distributors all over the place. You've got those distributors have artwork and signage and stuff like that, that they are supposed to put in their store that sells your stuff. And uh, you have popular stuff that you can't. So when you're, you're making all your spring colors the you know the 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 you're and you're in the winter uh you don't want that stuff leaking out beforehand or else even your competitors know what your next season stuff is going to look like so it has mm -hmm. to be secured uh so <laughs> keeping track of all uh, all those assets and so forth so so securing and, and and externally available available on the internet but locked down to a specific set of people like that's a completely separate set of requirements that you would need to contract somebody to be able to go and design and architect and what does it need to plug into and all that sort of thing. Is your is this stuff in stock or not? All that sort of thing. So so that kind of leads into this other thing about AEM, which makes it um, kind of a beast and which requires a lot of different specialties in terms of being able to put it together is that AEM commonly, in fact, almost all the time in almost every implementation plugs into something else, some other business system that's not just the content. 
So let's say you are a company that manufactures something. This is like, just as another example, there's a company that manufactures um, uh, tooling and they do tooling for whatever, you know, paint or something like that. Uh, so they've got whatever, maybe they've got 5,000 different SKUs of different fittings and things that they, that they, that they sell. Some of that's available, some of it's not. Some of it's available in the U.S., some of it's available outside the U.S. only. Some of it's available for export. So all that stuff is in a big system that they keep some big, whatever, maybe it's 20 years old, that they, that they keep all of their parts data in. But that's their source of truth for what things that they offer. And that also maybe has all of their official product images in. And now you want to put this on the website. They don't want to make to duplicate all that effort and make it, you know, redo all their 5,000 images that some, they've already, they're already paying somebody to manage, but somehow you want to pull all that and have it available on the internet. So, so in that case, you're, you're going to plug AEM into that. So that, that, that class of thing is that you have a product information management system in some cases that, that is, that is the, th the thing that says, here's the, here's the picture of it. Here's the description. Here's its features. Here's its dimensions. Here's its weight. Here's it's like all that kind of stuff. And some of that stuff needs to be on the website. Some of it doesn't. So you need to have somebody who can program it and pull that into AEM and then go and, and display it appropriately on the internet. Again, it's not, it's the, this, this, this is where you, you, you go from the requirements of if you're a dental, dental practice in, you know, you know, Wisconsin someplace, and then you just got just your, you know, about us page and a map to your place, those requirements. And then you take something like what you would need for AM. This is why it, 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 these AM projects can be huge. They can be very big with, with and, 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 the, and sometimes you go, well, you look at the eye-watering price tag on some of these projects, but then you look at what, what they, you know, consist of, and it's a pretty, it's, it's, it's pretty big. So what I heard um, you is you talked about maintaining your brand identity and also your intellectual property, things like that, where yes. that need to be protected. And mm -hmm. this does this for you. And what are the people who, who help program this? What are, what are their jobs? What are they called? Okay. That's right. So, so you've got a couple different things. So, so you've got, so you, you, let's say, yes, you're, you're implementing a, an AEM site. You've got, you've got that going. So, so, so who, who are the, who are the people that you, you ended up having? So you would have um, a lot of times, obviously you've got the business side and the technical side that, cause those, those, and those two have to be really in touch. So you've got, you've got guys that, that, um, that have to tell you what it is that you're trying to do from a business perspective. And then you have all the technical guys who said, well, this is what, what's involved uh, in that. Tad, the fire department is here. The fire department is here. Yes. Okay, good. That's... Okay, sorry. <laughs> we'll have to pause. We'll, we'll have to pause. I can see if I can find right. a great intermission inter intermission <laughs> graphic. You know what I mean? <laughs> I see this fire truck pull up and I'm like Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Back from intermission. Okay. So um all right. So in terms of <laughs> that's great. I don't I, we've never had the fire department show up in the middle of the podcast. <laughs> um so uh so the um so in terms of the people that, that, that get involved in this, you've got, you've got business people and technical people. You've got usually on the technical side of things, because we're on the technical side of things at Arbor. 
So, so the um, so usually would have you'd have an architect who, who who is they're they're in charge of the entire project and they're in char- charge of really they're kind of a a little bit of the producer kind of you know uh, of the whole thing of pulling together all of the disciplines that you're going to need and also kind of designing the system overall and and they need to have enough knowledge of all the different parts of it and everything that's going to go into it to be able to bring the whole thing off. So once you've got that, you then have a series of other people you've got, um, and, and they can be divided a little bit into, I guess I would say three separate ends, maybe four, uh, depending. You you have the people who are uh, in charge of the, um, the, the providing the content and a lot of the times, those guys are those guys are going to have a login into the system. They are going to be uh, usually tagged as authors, and uh, they those are the people who are creating all the different content that it's going to go in AEM. And they're also going to be responsible for things like um, taxonomy, tagging things in various places, making sure things are arranged in the right way. Sometimes, it with a very large site, you um, or with sites really of almost any size, you have somebody who's wearing a hat, which is an information architect. And, um, and that whole information architecture discipline is, is one where you're, you're arranging things in such a way that they make sense and they can be displayed. Uh, as an example of problems of, uh, of that nature is if you, let's just say you have uh, um, a product and, and so you want to easily be able to have pictures related to a product be able to be pulled up. Uh, you want to be able to have documentation r- related to a project, uh, a product to be able to pull up, um, release notes related to a product, uh, um, how tos related to a product, all, all the different things related to a product to be able to be shown. And so, uh, so that information architecture job is sometimes a long one, and sometimes uh, really precedes putting a site together because you you really get super cart before the horse if you don't have a lot of that sorted out. And you just say, let's build it. And then, then you realize that you don't have a way of linking all this up or you have, you know, you've been uploading all these assets in random places. Then you say, good, well, let's get, give me, give me every picture that's, re- that, that's related to this product. And you're like, I have no way of linking all that together. Um, so, uh, so that is, um, so that, that, that's a part. So that information architecture hat you've got. So separately to that, you're going to have also, how does it look? And so with that, you're going to have visual designers. A lot of times those visual designers um, come before they provide a visual design to front end developers. Front end developers are, are responsible for the user experience. Like so, cause, cause these days it's not just what does a site look like? It's what does it do? And how do you interact with that site and make it make, get from the front when, the, when you first acquire the user all the way through to whatever call to action or whatever doing this that the person is supposed to be able to get done, whether they're downloading a PDF, they're contacting sales, they're, um, they're buying the product, they're scheduling an in-person, you know, assessment, whatever, whatever it is that you're, that the site is supposed to do. Because most of these sites that they're marketing sites, they're not just supposed to show something they're, they're, you're trying to actually make the person take action. So, um, so a lot of that is, um, is in that whole, visual designer, UX designer, and uh, front-end developer who's doing all that front-end development work. Then separately, you have this whole job of AEM developer, which that can be a, a, a misleadingly large ask because uh, you've, got, you've got, it bleeds into 
both the front end end of things of how is it how does it get displayed? How do I display the things that I want displayed? How do I make a component? I have a component that's supposed to pull up the list of locations that that we have, and then display a map. And then once it and it's supposed to grab your you know location from from your GPS coordinates, and then say, good, well, your nearest location is this, and do you want to schedule um, a, a tire rotation at the nearest shop or whatever the thing is you're supposed to schedule. And then, um, but then that AM developer, so commonly needs to both be able to deal with all the front end user facing things, but also talk to back end things and say, good, well, I'm going to, I got to pull the product image out of that information system that's 20 years old. So how do I, how do I link that up? So that sort of thing is also going to be coming out of, of that whole AM developer role. And then assuming you're building all that stuff, now you're, you have to make it work and you have to get it online. And so a lot of times you've got then uh, a whole set of roles, which is infrastructure, um, operations, uh, monitoring, production support, uh, uh, all, all, all the things that go into actually making it available on the internet and keeping it on the internet. Um, for a long time, I was, uh, I was, I've been in that role a lot in my life. And um, a lot of times when people would say, like I was, like for example, on the Food Network, right? I, I was doing that, doing that work, and and then, and I, I'm like, you, hear, you heard of the Food Network? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I, I work on that. Like, oh, you did the the videos? I, I I love Cupcake Wars. I'm like, I don't, I I didn't do, I don't. I mean, I love cupcakes too, but I don't, I didn't do that. So you know how when you went to the site, yeah, okay, you know how you didn't see an error message like that? I did that. That was me. That was me. The, the not error message was me. Um, so so you, you have you have that sort of thing because uh, if you're serving all this heavy lifting, all this stuff that 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 it has to do as a fire guy back. <laughs> okay, good. So what you're saying is that you have these people that are going to help you to make sure that you have a great experience. And I know as a consumer or a client, possibly that when I get a 403 message or something like that, it's really frustrating. And I may not go back to that site or use that product because I think they don't have their stuff together. So having right. an experience manager like this on a, a global scale would make that experience wonderful for anybody anywhere, that curated type of experience. And then again, no errors, which sounds like a heavy lift. It is a heavy lift. It is a heavy lift. And, and there's, um, there's so many ways to get it right, and there's so many ways to get it wrong, and there's so many ways uh, that people obviously. So that and here's the other thing about about all this too is that, um, and this is like this is part of what I find really endearing and exciting about this because it's it like like I said it, it's 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 a it's a ton of work. It's super complicated. It's really weird. It's got weirdnesses all over the place. But at the same time, every single um, website that is using this, a lot of times AEM represents everything that the company wants to do in the future. And so, so, the, so you, a lot of times they really are pouring their heart and soul into these websites because it is, if they're going to stay, if the company is going to stay alive, it needs to attract customers and it needs to service them. And so it's not just like paying the phone bill kind of a thing. It's not just like, okay, good. You know, we, we, we gotta, we gotta keep our email system up or something like that. This is like, we, if we get this right, we're going to, we're going to be doing great. And if we don't get this right, then, you know, 
we might as well all go home sort of a thing. So this, 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 this gear is a lot of times has every hope of the company attached to it. So this is, this is what makes it, what makes it fun. So I think, I think I've gotten a good understanding of AEM, maybe AEM for dummies. Um, maybe this is a part, <laughs> a part one and we, yep. we dig into those roles in a part two. Um, I, but I have learned a lot. And as a project manager, I don't necessarily need to, to be a tech person. I don't need to understand right. every single thing that you do. But it is important for me to understand globally what we're trying to do for a company and how to manage those projects with the stakeholders and everything that's involved. That's great. I really well, good. Yeah, let's, yeah. Yeah, good. Well, then let's, yeah, I think, I think uh, a part two and a part three or something like that could, could yeah. uh, dig into the guts of what makes it all go. But, uh, but yeah. I would love to see Glad what the, uh, the listeners or the viewers, what do, what do they want to know? Uh, don't yeah, be afraid. For I, sure. Like legitimately, I needed a, <laughs> I needed AEM 101. I probably need a 102 and 103. Uh, I didn't even know what AEM was. So I, I appreciate you taking the time to explain that to me. All right. Well, you're welcome. Well, good. Well, then we'll, we'll, we'll finish this off and, and until next time. Oh,